Hello, SCF Student Ministries. Devin here. I want to wish you guys a happy new year. I'm excited to get started with our new uh, kickoff series for 2021. Uh, I hope you guys had a fun time at the Among Us night if you were able to come to that. I think it was a pretty big success. If you weren't able to come, it's likely that we're going to be doing another one of those uh, here in the next couple months just because it went well. It seemed like it was something fun and uh, we're always looking for events to do during COVID and that's one of the ones that uh, we figured that we can do. So with that, let's jump in. Uh, The new year is here. you may have a New Year's resolution that you started. That's a common thing that we're doing, and it's and it's going to go well into what we're talking about, which we're talking about goals. Um, even in last year, which was a pretty, uh, this last year, 2020, was a pretty crazy year. It was unlike any year that we've ever um, been in, uh, those of us that are uh, younger, I guess. But even so, people still accomplished some pretty amazing things. People won championships. People set world records. Um, there were still hit movies released. There was best-selling books that were uh, out on the market. There was music that was released that topped the charts, that set records. Um, and that made me wonder how many of these incredible achievements started out as a New Year's resolution. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what um, if you guys have seen actually the what I'm getting at the the videos of the screaming goats intermixed uh the one i've seen is the taylor swift song um i don't know what goals that taylor swift had at the beginning of the year when writing that song but i'm guessing get turned into a goat meme was not on the list when that song was coming out um but has this ever happened to to one of your goals and i don't mean the screaming goat thing exactly i mean have you ever set a goal but had your plan interrupted or sidetracked it happens and maybe it's because you got a little bit lazy or you lost focus or 2020 happened or other responsibilities took priority got stuck and weren't sure how to make it happen um but but it happens to all of us i mean i had a goal for a long time as a kid that just never came true and it was my goal was to make it as a professional basketball player that was all the way through probably up until middle school that was like my goal like in life was to become an NBA player, but being five foot seven, uh, does not lend itself to that goal very easily, no matter. Um, I mean, there are people that make it, but it's very, very, very hard to do it. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't good enough to do that. So I had to change and refocus on what my goal was in life. Um, so in case you couldn't tell this month, we're going to be talking about goals, how to set and achieve big goals. Maybe your goal is to raise your grades learn a new skill, uh, get accepted to college, get a job, get healthier. Uh, if I were to ask about your goals, I'm guessing some of you would be able to share your goals immediately and some would have to think about it for a while. Uh, some would say you don't really have any goals just yet and that's okay. Uh, so where you're at, I just want you to, to uh, think about these questions I'm going to ask. You can say yes, no, or not sure. So, so in your own spot, just think these, think they, think what your answer would be to these questions. Do you have any goals right now? Do you have any goals for your future? If you could change the world for the better, would you want to? Do you ever feel like you need help achieving your goals? Do you need help setting goals in the first place? Would you be content with having no goals for your whole life? At your age, it's normal to feel like you're struggling to set or achieve goals. Uh, when you're a teenager, you're still figuring out who you are and who you want to be 
and it's hard to think far out into the future because you haven't experienced enough net enough yet. Uh, it's hard to get or even stay disciplined. Um, and you don't have total independence or control over your life or time really. Um, but even though setting and achieving goals can be difficult at your age, I'm convinced you can change the world, not someday, but today. And it all starts with the goals that you set. So in, in youth group tonight, we're going to be, um, writing down some goals, but if you, if you want to spot, um, if you want to do that right now, grab a piece of paper, pause this, go get something to write with. Um, and I want you to, uh, write down a goal, um, in, in, uh, going with the screaming goats thing with this, I want this to be a goat goal. That's a greatest of all time goal, a big, bold, uh, greatest of all time kind of goal. So maybe your goat goal is about what you want to accomplish, uh, what you want to become or what you want to contribute to the world. At the end of our time together today, I'm going to ask you to reflect on that goal and either change it, add to it, or make it more specific. So for right now, uh, just write down whatever you're thinking of. Whatever that goal comes first to your head, I want you to write that one down. Um, Over the next few weeks, we're going to address questions like, what goals should I have for my life? What do my goals have to do with God's goals? And how can I achieve my goals? And to do that, I'm going to introduce you to someone from scripture who had a big goal of his own. So let's see what we can learn from him. Uh, First, a little bit of background. Uh, We're going to be looking at a book from the Old Testament of the Bible. So the part that was written before Jesus, and it's the story of the Jewish people. And the book that we're reading from is called Nehemiah uh, and written by, you guessed it, Nehemiah. About 140 years before this book begins, the Jewish people were conquered by an enemy army that took control of Jerusalem. They completely destroyed the city. They burned the temple uh, where the Jewish people worshiped God and sent many of God's people into exile. Though the prophets God promised to restore and rebuild Jerusalem and that God's people would return, but this was a devastating loss for the Jewish people. Can you imagine what it would be like to be invaded by an enemy army and then kicked out of your own home, city, or country. You'd likely lose friends and family members in the process, being separated from them. And if you survived, you'd be forced to adopt a new language, laws, customs. And for generations, the Jewish people were heartbroken about their lost city, their lost temple, their lost culture, and their community. After Jerusalem was destroyed and a new king took control, some of God's people began to return to Jerusalem, looking for ways to rebuild what they had lost, but it was a long process. About 140 years after Jerusalem was destroyed, that's where the story of Nehemiah begins. Nehemiah had only ever known a Jerusalem occupied by enemy armies. Nehemiah was passionate about seeing Jerusalem restored, but he wasn't just anyone. He was serving in the government, working for the king of Persia. So now we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. 
For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your, 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 let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was the cupbearer to the king. In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Nehemiah had a big goal, inspired by a big problem. Nehemiah already knew Jerusalem had been destroyed. That was the old news. But when Hanani told him the Jewish people were returning to Jerusalem and the walls were still in shambles, Nehemiah saw the problem. And there was a practical problem. Without walls, God's people would be vulnerable to another attack. But there was also a spiritual problem with the walls being destroyed. The city of Jerusalem was deeply connected with the Jewish people's relationship with God. And rebuilding the walls would be a way of, for them to honor God. But leaving them in shambles would be a sin against God. Nehemiah wanted to see the whole nation of Israel turn back to God. So he set a God-sized goal find a way to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem so God's people would be protected and God would be honored. Jerusalem's troubles birthed in Nehemiah a goal that wouldn't just benefit himself, but would serve his people and his God too. His goal began with difficulty. Nehemiah's didn't s Nehemiah didn't set his goal because he needed a cool New Year's Eve resolution. He set it because he saw a problem that needed to be solved and believed he could help solve it. When Nehemiah identified the problem that needed to be solved, he grieved and wept. Solving this problem wasn't just a fun hobby. It mattered deeply to him. His goal also began with prayer. And as Nehemiah wept, he also fasted and prayed. He knew his goal was so big that he couldn't do it by himself. And before he made a single move, he asked God for wisdom, guidance, and help. Then he kept praying for months. And Nehemiah's goal began with God's help. Nehemiah stood up from his prayer and fasting 
determined to attempt a series of impossible tasks. He knew his own wisdom and experience weren't enough to guarantee success, so he asked God for help. The size of this goal forced Nehemiah to put all of his faith in a God who could do what Nehemiah couldn't. And the book of Nehemiah begins with destruction, loss, grief, and tears, but that's not where the story is going to end. When Nehemiah heard the news about Jerusalem's crumbling walls, he discovered an important truth, that big difficulties can inspire God-sized goals. So why are we talking about this guy from 2,500 years ago, and what did he and his walls have to do with us today? There's so much to say about the story of Nehemiah. Countless books have been written about what his story can teach us about wisdom, about leadership, and about having a vision. And over the next few weeks, we're going to see what we can learn from him about setting and achieving goals, but not just any goals. We want to learn about God-sized goals. So remember that goal that you wrote down uh, a few minutes ago at the beginning of this podcast. So I want you to take a look at it again if you wrote it down on paper. How does your goal compare to Nehemiah's goal? Is your goal inspired by a big difficulty? Does it solve a problem? Does it solve a problem that impacts anyone other than you? Or is your goal mostly about what you can gain? Is your goal inspired by prayer? Is it a goal you want for yourself? Or is it a goal God wants for you too? And have you ever talked to God about it? And do you need God's help to accomplish your goal? That's usually a good indication of whether or not your goal is big enough. If you're pretty sure you can accomplish the goal, it's a you-sized goal. A God-sized goal is a goal that likely seems impossible and that you need God's help to finish. It's not hard to set a goal that benefits you. Most of us that do most of us do that every New Year's Day, every year we come around and we create goals for ourselves, but those kinds of goals are like running on a treadmill. When you're on a treadmill, some people can run for hours, logging tons of miles and burning lots of calories but they really aren't going anywhere. No matter how many moves they make, they'll never leave the place where they started. When we set us-sized goals, it's kind of like running on a treadmill. We don't really go anywhere, and we're the only ones who benefit. So what's the alternative? How can we learn from Nehemiah and set God-sized goals that can change the world? It begins with difficulty. And I don't mean you need to cause difficulty for yourself, and I don't mean you need to wait until something difficult happens to you. There's difficulty happening all around us. We just have to open our eyes and notice. And maybe you've experienced difficulty uh, in your own life, and chances are someone has experienced the same difficulty you have experienced. So how can you help? Maybe that's where your God-sized goal can begin. A lot of times God gives us, puts us in difficult situations and helps us through it so that we can help pass what we've learned on to someone else that's going through the same experience. But maybe you haven't experienced very much difficulty in your life. I know growing up, I didn't experience a ton. I had things here and there, but nothing that I felt was massive. Um, But you can see plenty of problems in the world around you. People are hurting or struggling and they're in pain. Maybe that's where your God-sized goal can begin, by focusing on the needs of other people. We will often find our God-sized goals hidden within something we're passionate about. Like Nehemiah, our passions can often be inspired by the difficulties we see or we experience. Sometimes it begins with prayer. If you're not sure what your God-sized goals could be, start by asking God to open your eyes to the people and needs around you. And if you feel like God might be leading you toward a need or a goal, share it with people you trust and see what they think. Wise people can help us set God-sized goals in our own life.
Lastly, begin with God's help. We'll need God's help if our goals really are God-sized. Just like Nehemiah was desperate for God to do something impossible, let's believe God can do impossible things through us too. Then ask God, give me the strength to do something about the pain, the hurt, and the difficulties that I see around me. So have you chosen a goal yet? Have you dreamed big enough? If you're not sure, that's okay. For the next few weeks, we're going on a journey to discover what kinds of goals God might be calling us to pursue. And today is just the beginning of that. This week, I hope you'll think about this question, what breaks my heart? Or maybe what should break my heart? How can difficulty in your life or in the world inspire you to dream about what God can do? And how can you help God do it? I know the question, what are my goals for my life, could be scary. But instead of waiting around for inspiration or cues, what if you, like Nehemiah, looked around for problems that need to be solved? Whether those problems impact you, others, or the whole world, big difficulties can inspire God-sized goals. And I can't wait to see what kinds of God-sized goals that you begin to pursue. All right, that's all I got for this week. I hope to see you on Wednesday night. Uh, If not, I hope uh, that you're listening to this podcast next week. 